Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Black Opinions Matter Musically. That's the way we're going to start it today. <laughs> My name is Amino Hassan. That's Black Pay John Gervais, Rob Lopez producing. And today we got a special guest. We have a, 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 like I said, man, I love on this show when we bring in people who are actual experts of some sort, people who have some sort of professional credentials when they enter the center. Today from Uprox, we have friend of the show. This is your first time on the show, even though I feel like you know a lot of people on the show. It's Aaron Smarter. What's up, Aaron? Yo, yo, how, what's up? How's everybody doing? What's up, man, bro? we chilling. Apple time, man. But uh, uh, so, Aaron, you are, we are bringing you in ostensibly as the music expert of contemporary music that is out right now. We're starting this episode of Bomb with some quick end of year album reviews. A bunch of stuff came out this week. As y'all know, I'm old and out of touch 
as is John Gervais. So, Black Trey, take it away. We have some podcasts up. I mean, can you tell us about the podcast? We got some new yeah. shows. Yes, we got, as always, we got Cinephobe. It's on a new feed. It's got its own feed. Me and Zach reviewing terrible, terrible movies. I believe the last movie we did was Horrible Bosses 2. I want to say that's on this live now. Uh, but also on the Cinephobe feed is a brand new, 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 new podcast. It's called Darth Means Rule of Two. It is a Star Wars podcast. We're reviewing The Mandalorian. Uh, episode by episode. The first episode is up now. It's me. It's Pablo Torre. Uh, and we talk a little Rise of Skywalker as well. Uh, but we it, we kind of did a quick recap of the first four episodes of The Mandalorian. From everything from here on out, we'll do per episode uh, pod review. Also, the dad pod is live as well. You got Tom Habershaw. You got Mariano. You've got Ben Aronson, a.k.a. Uh, what I call him? The, Mike from marketing or like Dave from marketing or whatever. Bob from marketing. Bob from marketing. That's yeah. Ben Ben Aronson, aka Bob from marketing, is on the Dad Pod as well. Like, subscribe, review, rate all these podcasts as always. And then finally, we have that survey. I've been telling you guys about it. It's still up. If you are a listener, particularly if you are not a Patreon. We'd really love your feedback. We want to make this experience, the live experience better. We want to make the podcast better. So your feedback is very much appreciated. And one last call to action, please. Anytime you see any of our podcasts pop up on your social, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram or whatever, I get it. You have three followers. No one will see. Retweet it anyway. At us. Tweet it out. Instagram it out. At us. At Counted Things. At Black Trey. At me. At Waz. At Jerv. Any sharing you can do, trust me, it matters. Of course, you got to add us because you only got two followers. No one else is going to see it. But if you add us, then we can retweet you and get you some more followers. See? See how it goes? So uh, help us out. Help us help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I thought Aaron would be a great addition to this conversation uh, because we're talking about music. And normally when we talk music, we're either focusing on vintage or we're focusing on an artist particular that you guys like and most of the time you guys don't like a lot of these new niggas so um some of our favorites actually have dropped some stuff so uh fabulous we can start with uh jerv is this your fab this is not my fab but this is definitely summertime fab right like he definitely did he i mean it's it, it kept up with the the um the the whatever the vibe he had with all the summertime shootouts or whatever it's called, but I'm I, I'm not really the biggest fan of this series. It gives me a couple songs, but I'm not really the biggest fan of the albums. Okay, so I mean, what did you you got a chance to listen to this uh, album? What did you think absolutely, about it? Absolutely not. Did not have a chance to listen to this. I have okay. a lot of things going on in my life. That's why I threw it to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, no, no. But this is the thing. I will say that you didn't miss a lot. Um, no, and not, and not listen. Fab is still trying to keep punchlines alive, um, but he is doing it in a non-attractive way. He's seeing memes. He's using content now. Wait, um, he's, he's he. Wait, wait. Explain that to me. So you know how these memes, like the memes that have like the black background with the white letters. He is using those as punchlines like, now. Wait, what What do you mean? Like what? Like, give me an example. So, 
I'm trying to think of one that just really annoys well, give me. me. Like, give me an example that he, maybe he didn't use, but those type of memes like this. So the I don't meme know what of like a relationship meme or I, I really can't even hit on the nail because I, Aaron, do you, do you know one of the memes that he mentioned that just, just like a relationship meme would be anything. Like what, what is he saying? I, I, don't, I, don't. I, I feel like a meme would be anything where like, if Twitter just has run a particular saying into the ground, like, like if you hate to see it, you know oh. what I'm saying? Oh. Or, or just anything that gets just a lot of repetition and so with him, he really will just go Twitter mining. Like there's actually a joke on Twitter about Fab just basically going through Twitter trending topics and writing his rhymes. <laughs> does he, on, does he have a doesn't he have a bar or two about trending topics? Or was that the last? Uh, sh- that I want to say that he was doing that a while ago. In fact, I think Fab basically invented trending topics. Mm-hmm. Like he did, like back in like back in the early days of Twitter before everybody was very um, serious. He would come up with uh, hashtags and he would just cl- crack on somebody, and then we just spend like three or four days bullying people, basically. So let me oh, let's, good old days. Let's, ah. let's play let's play fire. <laughs> let's play fire mid. I'm gonna read a couple bars from the songs that I like, okay? And this song is called Insecure. It samples the dream I love your girl. And Fab, he says some slick shit. This is some shit I would probably put on my uh away message in 2006. He says, I'm a dog, I can smell fear. Niggas sick and can't do nothing about it, no health care. I start getting looks like I invited myself here. Once the kid come through, bitches on me like welfare. We ball, but we ain't actually hoopers. I don't save them, but the bag be super. I'm the American sniper, call me Fabley Cooper. Was playing Wu-Tang ice cream when she had me scooper. Now it's too easy, ride or dies I gladly Uber Five stars for those who drive cars For girls that's been drinking or hate the drive far The ones who arrive are aware what the vibes are If you ain't trying to cut, don't come with the knives are Baby, I'm Players Club like Lisa Ray You insecure like Issa Ray. They don't want the bitch until somebody want the bitch by the time he's showing love, she don't want the shit. So is it is it is it fire? Or is it mid? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, guys, that's major mid. Like, it's not even that the rhymes aren't good. It's just this is like big incel talk to me. Like, <laughs> like this is like, like this is nice guy talk. You're talking about by the time you're showing love, she don't want the shit. That just sounds like the sort of thing that like weenie ass fake nice guys say you know about like oh girls only want da 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 and then they get it and then it's like oh girls don't like guys like me it's like shut up Ad. <laughs> you beat your girlfriend nobody wants you <laughs> I, I would I would probably go with yeah that's that's mid and I'm a fab I'm a I'm a fab fan fabulous sport all that shit but this that, I'm good. That's that's mid. The punchlines are definitely there, but it's like it's like a fucking it's like a, a cat that's washed, but they st- you know what I mean they still got a little game in them, but it's just not enough anymore. You know what yeah. he sounds like? He, he sounds like one of those old like cat daddy like uncles at the barbecue with like the Bluetooth in his ear and the phone holster. And he's like trying to <laughs> mack on all the young girls. It sounds but, like, like Spice, his like game Spice is old. Yeah, his game is like really <laughs> old and played <laughs> out. So he's just like trying so hard, and it's like, nah, man, it's not gonna work anymore. 
Yeah, but it, like that, you that. I'm players club, Lisa Ray. See you, Issa Ray. You insecure, like I can just yeah. see that right now. With that Sanders was definitely on. a battle rap kind of like. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Or either that, or or, or like a, a smack DVD. Yo, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm players club, Lisa Ray. This nigga insecure, Issa Ray. Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's it's five star. It's Fab's not Fab's not washed. He's just got his market. He's he's Atlanta Hawks Vince Carter right now. So what 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 would you say his market is? Because I I consider myself his market, and I I literally don't. I saw the you know I saw the the trailer come out. I'm like oh shit. Oh, hell yeah, Black Friday. This is it. Da, 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 da. And then I remember Star I'm like, I, Yeah, and then I'm like, I don't I don't like this fab. This is not this is not my fab. This is not the fab I like. I don't like summertime shootout fab. The first one was okay. And I think the second one started off with a track with a track or two to bang. But then they just completely fall. It's like relationship fab. And that's not the fab I, I like. I like the fab that talk shit and it's greasy talk. All right. So I will say that the that the market for the current fabulous is everybody that refused to throw away their NBA patch jeans and their fitted hat. Oh, then I'm not that I'm not that marketing. So he's so 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 pretty much fab market is nostalgia. It's like selling the mini Super Nintendo. Yeah, it's basically just anybody that 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 just lived on fabulous rhymes throughout the early 2000s and just never wanted to accept and then it's for the it's for the it's for the bar it's for the new york bartenders it's for the new york bartenders not like the real scrippers like everywhere else but like the new york bartenders that like get in fights with cardi b over offset wait hold on hold on let me ask a question though like i this is the way i think about it like i am a jay-z fan but because i'm a jay-z fan i don't want to listen to any of his new stuff to me it's like I don't know, like, it is when you talk about the market for fab, are those people really checking for new fab? In the same way that I'm not checking for new Raekwon, I'm not checking for, like, I like the stuff that they made in the 90s and the 2000s. I'm not looking for new material right now. I, I, am I alone in this, in this idea that, yes, these are some of my favorite rappers, but I don't want to hear any of your new stuff? I mean, he's still selling out mid-sized venues in the tri-state area. But so is, he doing, is, is he doing? A, but is he doing new content when he does does those shows? I would say it's doing, about fifty yeah. fifty. I would say it's about fifty fifty because you want to promote the new stuff, but you also want to give the 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 grimy old old head fans with the do rags under their fit is what they want. I would uh, still so, pick, I really, I really feel tw- triggered by that. perform keeping it gangster. But, but, but didn't um, he didn't he do a pop up show for this too? Hmm. I'm not even following him. That's a, I just that's a ballsy to, move if he did. No, I just he happened did a, to see I think it. he did on Black Friday. I think he, I think whatever, it's, it's like you just said, Aaron, he did a, a, a venue in New York, probably, it's probably in Brooklyn. He did a venue in New York where he said, yo, I'm doing this album. And I think it, I think it might've been on Black Friday or it might've been on that Saturday. I, I, I think I saw that on his IG page. Yes, I do follow him. All right. So we all agree that this was mid, right? I might be Reggie. Yeah, yeah, guys. I just want I just want you guys to know. He said Fably Cooper. Yes. Can we just we? This is overlooked. Yeah, that was did, yeah. that was almost American up to Sniper. Dave. Call me Fably Cooper. Listen, yes. that was up there with Chaining Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I actually think I like that bar. To be honest with you, but I don't know. 
I'm, I'm sure you do, bro. All right. <laughs> you have kids? <laughs> yes, I do have kids. Yes. All right. That's the, Here that's we go. the ultimate dad joke is what it is. <laughs> I like dad jokes. I got a dad, I got a dad hat that says dad on it. Did he, uh, <laughs> by the way, did he do the pop-up show at Brevoort or what? <laughs> oh, couple of I'm just saying, like, I could see him doing a pop-up show, no one, no one popping up. <laughs> man, that's sick. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, man. Whether it's a knee injury, a back injury, or something even worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Can you even believe that? Something that important? Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for erectile dysfunction online. Roman is a one-stop shop where you can get where you can chat with a licensed U.S. physician who can treat ED and, if safe and appropriate, ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com BOM, complete an online visit, chat with a doctor, and if the doctor decides that it would be safe and appropriate, they'll shift the genuine medication right to your door in discreet, un mark packaging guys go online and get checked by the doctor erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle but with roman it's really simple so take care of it man seriously your lady's gonna appreciate this or your guy you know who knows <laughs> for a free online visit go to getroman.com slash bom that's getroman.com slash bom for a free online visit getroman.com slash bom all right, next next verse. I was really I never brag, how real I keep it. That's my best secret. Nowadays they probably leak it. Just because you peep it, that don't mean you gotta speak it. They say the ones who creep is coming when you at your weakest. I think I heard that on good fellas. You make it out, not a hood jealous. Stay on your toes like a foot fetish. We go back to bacon, egg, and cheeses at the hood deli. And when I did the butter rolls, I never put jelly. No jealousy over no bread. Yeah, hope that ain't go over your head. That's word to Casanova. Birds be gassed up over You asking where they from They acting like you asked them over See hoes think we all Trying to bend their asses over But if the shoe fits Wear with your fashion over Look Once you corny Then you stay corny And once it's fuck you I'ma stay horny Gone <laughs> Oh what? <laughs> yeah no That's not for just, He's just Trying really hard To Recapture the magic Like Like you have to understand His biggest hits Were joints with like Lil Mo, Tamia, like all his biggest hits were the joints for girls. So yeah, he's going to continue try to do the joints for girls because That's they're the ones basically. This, oh, I yeah. mean, this is like this, this album is for like for the girls. love and hip hop. This is for like the love and hip hop set. This is really oh, wow to get Christ. people who would be on that show and people who really love that show. Is this like, mid? I can say. Yeah, the That's first right. line. The first line basically does told us is. Is there I, a got, I, got one, I got no. Listen, I got one more verse for y'all, and then we we low key <laughs> might have a sweep of this is just bad. <laughs> Go for it. All right, man. We might have to bury Fab after this. That means no more downloads. All right. It gets better though. How they turn a top dog to an underdog? It's a cold world, even in the summer, dog. Like a hundred missed calls in my number log. I talk to God before I talk to people from them blogs. Gotta see through it when it's thick as London fog. I'm from the city, baby, I done grew up under small. 
Not to bring up old shit, I'm not a plunger, dog. No Dalmatian, but I come through with a hundred, dog. And they don't bark, they bite. Let it spark, they might. Gotta walk straight, right? Turn the dark to daylight. Let them talk, they right. In your heart, stay light. Play your part, stay tight. Bosses park where they like. Don't you let them trick you out your spot and put that guy on. Rather cut them off and let a bygone be a bygone. When you ballin', you that nigga that they got their eye on. So I think I know just how I feel to be a Zion. Bustin' out sneakers, swingin' on rims. Being number one, bringing on M's. Hope the Knicks get him. I'ma bring him Tim's. Tell him Lace's boots, I'ma get a king some gems. Like, look, like, look. You the great hope and a scapegoat. You gon' have to make quotes and take notes. And some can't take smoke, so they may choke. But those who learn to make boats stay afloat. That's his. That's that's if the Knicks would have took Zion, but I'm assuming that this this album rollout didn't happen on the right time. It was supposed to probably come out during the draft, and yeah, the Knicks didn't get Zion. And I don't know if I want to take advice. That was good. I liked it. That that, that, that one wasn't bad. Is that tampering? If that shit's not if that shit's not mid, then that's what was that stuff called zoning. That was uh, uh, that zoning stuff goes out for a little bit. That might be zoning, but that, that's definitely not fire. You know, it's interesting because I think when you give him a concept, he will still tear up the concept. He will still go hard. It's just that no one's pushing him because the fans that that are still left are going to be the fans that are going to be there no matter what. That's me. Like they're gonna like they're gonna accept basically anything just because he's fat, just because of the name recognition. It's like how Nike puts out mid sneakers every so often, and everybody's just like, "Yeah, but it's still Nike, though." You know? Can we get Soul Tape Fab back? Is that possible? Because that's my Fab right there. And it's I'm no not. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm. I'm not sure if that's where how his rollout is. You know what I mean? I think he does trilogies and go about it that way and then kind of go into the next project. I personally only enjoyed the Soul Tape. The summer shootouts were a little different. It was kind of in the same range as Fab and, and Jadakiss kind of collab. Where it's like, these are the projects like we didn't ask for, but it's still Fab material. But then also that mid-2000s Fab had Freck Billionaire, he kind of force fed us Paul Kane, oh. and and Red Cafe, oh. and and oh, man. those like type, those type. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. So the thing, I'm, I'm not, not 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 to knock them like that, but like they were Red Cafe is is fabulous, big psych to Tupac. That's his brother, right? No, no, no. Paul, Kane Paul, is Kane is brother. Paul Kane's his brother. Okay, yeah, but 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 you you know like at least Freck Billionaire would actually. Raps him. He was. They would outbar each other on some punchline shit. Like it was kind of good. But when you they get would outbar who each other? You mean Fab or, or Paul Kane and Rick no, 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 no. Oh, I'm talking about oh, right. Fab, Fab and Freck, West Philly Freck, because yeah. West Philly Freck had bars. I don't, I don't care what you talk about. But when you yeah. throw, when you sneak these other guys in, it's kind of hard, man. I'm like I said, this is all. I'm still giving Fab the benefit of the doubt. I know Amin's not checking. I know uh, Aaron's not checking. But I looked up to Fab in 2001, 2002. You know what I mean? I took fashion sense from this guy. But I'm looking 
as if, you know, you guys are my older peers, as if Jerv still dressed as he was in how at, at his <laughs> at HU. Or if Amin still dressed the way when he had braids and not letting it go. That's where we are with Fab, where Fab is, you know, still trying to keep it alive and not kind he's not being AI cool. And you know what I mean by AI cool is like letting the young boys kind of flourish and kind of getting out of the way. He's still trying to keep that light. Like once I seen Megan drive the boat on him, I, I just was like, yeah, man, Fab just horny out here, man. Well, I feel like with this project, what I've seen from him and what I've seen from him and, and really that entire era of rappers is that so much of it is them trying to maintain relevance that they almost let the guests take over the album. Like if I look at the guest list, there's a solid look like 16 people on this thing. There's 16 tracks. That's that's a that's a guest on every track. You know what I'm saying? There's 25 producers on this thing. There's, you know, he's got YFN Lucci and and A Boogie with the hoodie. And he's got, you know, Davido. Like, like what business does Fab have working with a Davido? There's nothing in his in his catalog or in Davido's catalog that will suggest a natural kinship. It all just feels like he's just trying to maintain relevance any way he can. And when you start doing that, I think it does start to seep into whatever it is your part of the album is and make it look like you're just kind of desperate. And nobody likes desperate. You know what I mean? Well, I think we've I think we consider this album very mid um, unanimously Uh, moving right along to the West Coast. We have the rapper The Game Born to Rap. I personally enjoyed this album. I am shocked because 1992 was very mid to me. But then also leading up to this album, we had the gimmicks, which Game is known for, which makes him very corny to some. You know, he uh, mentioned, you know, sleeping with Joe Budden's, you know, girl or whatever. And then also Kim Kardashian. But that didn't even make the album. And then he had got what prolific tattooed or created a record label um, after Nip- Nipsey Hussle's like tattoo or, you know, what is his um, saying or quota or whatever, and said that he got the approval from Black Sam. But the highlights of this album that I really enjoyed was giving Dom Kennedy um, executive production on this. Um, I thought I'm more, I'm more shocked of that uh, he was able to clear these samples um, he had tons of Tupac samples on here. Um, it's 25 songs. He rapped his ass off. I wouldn't consider it like best album of 2019, but it was very enjoyable and it didn't feel like it was 25 tracks. Um, I mean, did you get a chance to listen to this? Yeah. yeah. What do you What do you think, man? I know like, you definitely. I know you definitely. I know you definitely don't. Fab and just, let me get this game a chance. Yeah, oh, no. So, because I know Aaron, Aaron's going to probably either bury the hatchet or he's going to uh, back me up on this. Jerv, what was your thoughts on this? So my first reaction was, God damn, 25 songs? That's a lot of tracks. But you're right. It's it's not bad. Um, I'm very wishy-washy with game. Um, he's a name dropper, and I don't like name droppers. Uh, I think he's very gimmicky, but he does rap. He does rap his ass off on some tracks. Uh, the samples were dope. 
I know the the popular theme right now is everybody fucks with the Nipsey song. That is a that track does bang. Um, I, what's the track like? Five hundred candles or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I really do fuck with that. Thirty nine and I'm still banging. I can't get out if I wanted to. All I did was document my life. I ain't put that red rag in front of you. My first album had the world lit. Hit the hood and brought that Hummer through. Finally got that Impala candy painted. Show you out of town is what that summer do. Started off with 60 niggas with me everywhere I went. 120 cups inside a summer jam tent. I went from broke, fantasizing by Christina Aguilera to putting TVs in the dash of my mama's ex there. This is real shit. I'm spitting balls from the gun niggas get killed with. I had to cover my son and let that still spit. I talked about it in the songs, niggas got real sick. Dre thought that I was just rapping. I told him I had bodies, no capping. Nigga, this the new comp. 2005, my whole life got live. Picture a gang member on the cover of the vibe. Tell him why it's West Side. Um, so there is some songs on there that I like. I would say it's a it's a cool album. Uh, will I listen to it? You know, just on the on the humbug. Probably not, but if I, you know, Trey, if I was the, if you was to come scoop me and you threw it on, I wouldn't be sitting there like, damn, throw something else on. So it's a, it's a, it's a cool album. Uh, it's, it's game, and you know, he 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 did his thing. Uh, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be checking for this album. Probably like some of the other albums that that we won't talk about. So I also think that this was kind of in my mind, Jesus Peace Part Two. Heavy features, almost to a point of a compilation Um, and game just kind of rapping in different styles and even mentioning, you know, we always tease Jay-Z for using Biggie's lyrics. Well, game used a little bit of everybody's and kind of flipped it um, for his concepts of songs. But Aaron, I would love your opinion on this. Um, I know you had to review it. So the floor is yours. Well, you know, it's always a little bit hard when it's somebody you know that you got to review because you know how they're going to react to certain things you say. Uh, and I'm actually going to be um, up at the Uprox office tomorrow. We're doing an episode with him of uh, People's Party with Taleb Kweli, so be on the lookout for that. But, um, man, uh, I'll be honest. This was the game we wanted to drop three or four years ago before he started doing all the extras. And I feel like had he been able to keep himself out of gossip news columns and off TMZ, I think this would be like one of those albums that people say, okay, he, he, he's resurrected himself or he's come back. This is one of those albums where he went in with a clear concept. It's very much about paying homage to the history and um, the concepts of, of old school rap and the, and the influences that he has. He has a, a redo of Nas's uh, Rewind from Stillmatic. He has, like you said, all these um, other samples from Tupac and, and Notorious B.I.G. Uh, and he utilizes those um, features so well. Like, like what I was saying on Fab, where like there's no connection or no meaning behind any of the features. When he features somebody like Dom Kennedy, that's that's L.A. royalty. That's L.A. royalty linking up. When he's when he features Mozzie, Mozzie is like Mozzie's like the the Nipsey of Sacramento, and he's also a blood. So that 
combination is strong. When he does somebody like um, Anderson Pack, you know, those guys go way, way, way back. Uh, and even the D Smoke, kind of like a big thing for game has always been to sort of bless or crown the next guy from the West Coast. Kendrick did a bunch of songs with the game in the past. Um, and uh, I want to say, you know, Nipsey even did songs with Game in the past when Game was big and Nipsey still wasn't really out there like that yet. So I really think that there were some great ideas on this, but I needed it to be a good 10 song shorter. I needed Game to have done a better job of letting people know what he was going for on this album. Um, and I needed him to, to expand the mythology. Um He's rapping his ass off, but he's rapping about the same stuff he's always rapping about. And aside from I didn't want to write this song, there, there's nothing really on here that makes you feel like you get a better sense of who game is than what he's already put out. So um, I really liked listening to about the first half of the song. I think right around the time of I didn't want to write this song, you could just cut the thing off. There's really nothing for you after that. Um, Rewind 2 is is clever, but it's not really necessary. Uh, and then Crossing Jesus back with D Smoke from um, from the Netflix uh, Chance the Rapper hip hop uh, competition show. It's a great showcase for a young up and comer, but like I'm still not quite all the way in on D Smoke. So it's a great chance to check out somebody that might be somebody in a few years, but it's also just like an unnecessary extra, you know. Is this his last album? He says, he says it, but you know, you know says, how rappers lie, man. He, he also said, said he wasn't going to be rapping at 39. So we both got examples on deck of all the things this man has said he's going to do and didn't do. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm not sure how to, you know, give too much on that, but uh, I enjoyed it. I think this is an album that people should listen to. I think it's a good album. I think it. I think it'd be a better album if it was shorter, but I think it's a good album. All right, moving along. Griselda, WWCD. I wish Mariano was on to talk about this one. This album is very gritty. I don't even feel like the place of my residence is cold enough for me to even listen to this album. <laughs> like this album. Bubble Goose and Tim's? No, this album is for cats that have to start their car up, go upstairs, scrape the ice off the windshield. Like, like you need a Canada Goose. You need a Pelly. The Pelly Pelly got to slow down the bullet if you got shot at. Like, this is how gritty this this album is. Like, I'm not even mad. It has a Raekwon feature. You know what I mean? Like. I, I didn't love the Bang um, remix featuring Eminem. That could have been left off, but I get it. And I think it was probably like, well, I mean, it was a shady Griselda uh, uh, tape. But those dudes from Buffalo can rap their fucking ass off. And it gives me such an old Wu-Tang-esque vibe. You know what I mean? Where, you know, protects your neck. Uh, Jerv, did you get a chance to listen to Griselda? You damn right I did. Um, I, listen, Mar, I saw Mari tweet about it, and you know I was like, all right, let me let me let me get this on a little spin, and it's everything you just said, bro. It is uh, get your mind right for whatever you about to go through, whether your nine to five is fucking 
crazy, whether you about to be on the corner, whether you about to be constructed, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? This album is dope. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's a perfect album. It's definitely some, you know, I, I'm not feeling the Eminem. I'm off Eminem. That's a topic for another day. But um, it's definitely, it's, it's a dope album. Um, I, I, I fuck with them. Uh, they do not sound like they cats from Buffalo. And I don't, I don't mean that any disrespect to anybody from Buffalo, but they sound like they from your hood. They've been through everything you've been through. And, you know, they just hungry. And I, 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 I fool with the album. I will list. This is an album that will find itself getting played over, not over and over again, but this is an album I'm going to listen to more than, you know, just once or twice. I'm going to listen to this album a couple of times. I'm going to request it maybe one, you know, a couple of times if I'm with somebody, you know, whatever. So I fool with the album. Uh, I think they, I think they are doing the thing. And I, I like your comparison to uh, Wu, you know, and that Raekwon, Raekwon's blessing to me was, was dope. You know what I mean? You know, I, I always, I, you know, I'm what you would mean. I, I don't need to hear new Raekwon, new Ghostface or anything like that. But having an OG give uh, blessings to, to, to cats that, that, that are resembling them or uh, they can tell you could tell we're influenced by them. I, I fool with that. So, you know, I, I definitely would say this album was more so on the fire side. Aaron, what's your take on this album? Yo, I really, I'm not going to lie. I would love this album if I were 16. Like when I was 16, I loved stuff like this because it was so different than the stuff that was on the radio or that, you know, other people was feeling. For me, it's not for me. It's not really the sort of thing that I tend to go in for. Um, if only because I've got 20 some odd years of listening to music just like this under my belt, it doesn't really add anything to the to the to the canon for me. Uh, I don't really feel like these guys are, are reinventing the wheel. They're just kind of doing something that somebody else was doing before. They're very technically good. They have a lot of really clever uh, things to say um, in terms of the limited subject matter. You know, they talk about drugs and they talk about guns and they talk about, you know, spending drug money on nice designer things. Um, but I got to say, Westside Gun's voice drives me absolutely nuts. And I cannot get through an entire one of his verses. I just can't. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. I mean, hey, we all can't we all can't be 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 fans of the same stuff. And like you said, it took you to a certain time when you were 16. At this point, like I, I do can't say like, you know, like how Jerv said when you get in the car. I'm probably won't say put this on. My life's not that hard no more. And I feel like each album is relatable to certain people in certain life. You know, music is very important and it channels certain struggles and and and, and gives you certain flashbacks to certain memories. And I think that if I was kind of grinding, you know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, what I mean? like me and Jerv are educators, you know what I mean? And we work in the, in the school system. I'm not going to fire up Griselda, bro, and then go clock in. It'd <laughs> be like, you know what I mean? Grilling kids. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's the same thing with Meek. Like, I'm not saying that Meek's albums aren't good, but I just don't, it don't hit the same for me because I'm not at that life. I'd rather listen to some, like, some R&B shit for the chicks or some shit. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, that's just the, that's the type of vibe I'm on right now. You know what I mean? But I do respect it. I do get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm getting up early at 5 a.m., and I'm just 
you know, I got my scully on and I'm, I'm really and it's cold outside and I really can relate to the like to the bone chill in this in this type of music. That's what type of music this is right here. This is that my, my, my grandma got one kidney. I got to make it to the league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you got somebody playing that that somebody hungry for my spot. You know what I mean? Like that this this is that uh, I ate. This, I'm eating as 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 the hood niggas say the Raymond noodles. You know what I'm saying? Make yeah, the Raymond, they never say it right. They never say it right. So the Raymond Funny. noodles were spread like this is that type of grind, and I endorse it. I just don't know if I can just play it religiously, but I do co-sign this album. I don't know about you, Trey, but sometimes I need to listen to grimy ass music on my way to deal with you, motherfucking kids. I ain't gonna hold you. No, nah, I get it. Hey, listen, no. Nah. <laughs> Don't this morning, teachers. Listen, this morning I fired up, I read Nipsey's GQ, um, you know, like the, the article about it. And then I fired up my playlist, South Central, you know, State of Mind, which was nothing but like maybe 20 tracks of Nipsey. And I'm like, I had to kind of catch myself because I ended up like mobbing up to the school like an L.A. nigga. You know what I mean? I had my strut. I'm like, bro, hold on. But it had put me in that mindset like I was actually like on the turf or something, you know what I mean? So like, I definitely get where there's a lane where there's a, you know what I mean? An audience for this type of music, you know what I'm saying? Cause this cat still living this way. You know what I'm saying? Like the way that I, I mean, they just painted the picture of how Buffalo, I've never been to Buffalo in my life, but if I've never seen these cats and I thought about Buffalo, I would think Buffalo is sweet. But they painted a whole nother grind. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Oh, no, I'm saying New York is grimy, man. But I'm saying it put, no, I'm saying they painted the picture. They were the first right. touchable people to say, look, them niggas is from, that's like me going to Milwaukee for the first time. I'm like, damn, they got a hood out there. It's like, we needed that. Yep. And then when, you know what I mean? And now that they're giving, and, and that's, this is the thing why I like Griselda so much is that in the past, I'm going to say decade, maybe eight years, New York rappers all sounded like they was from down south. They all jumped on a lane, and these caps kept it the quote-unquote word thorough. You know what I mean? And kept that New York sound. Yeah, they they they, they did. Like, this is um, a legit New York album where I'm like, yeah, these niggas from New York, straight up. Like, I don't I'm, think nothing else. Yeah. I think my thing is just that when I listen to a, a traditional, traditionally New York, like Bricks and Tim's kind of album, I'm going to throw on probably more of a Sky Zoo or a Torrey, somebody who's maybe a little bit more thoughtful about the bars. Because uh, you love to throw Sky so Zoo ways. in this shit. <laughs> so, so, listen, there's only so many ways you could talk about like moving bricks. Like, I, what else you got? You know? You can be clever with it, but at a certain point, it's just like, even Jay-Z was like, I, I can't talk about being a drug dealer anymore. I have to talk about something else. I'm 40, you know? I don't know how old any of these guys is, but they they seem like they're around that age where, like, they could start doing literally anything else with their lives and be okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think we went... Two for three. I sound like a hater. That's the tone lane? of the show. What's what's their lane? Because um, you know, Trey, you in school just like me, and I don't hear not one kid ever talk about them in school. 
And like Aaron, like you just said, it's not, I'm almost, oh, I'm, damn, I'm, I'm almost 39. Everybody else is saying I'm almost 40, but I'm almost 39, right? So naturally, I'm not the same person I was 18, 21, 23, whatever the case may be. But, you know, uh, I, so I'm not listening to the same stuff that the kids are listening to in school, even though Trace tries to get me to listen to everything, but I just, I just can't do it. But kids aren't banging with them. So what is their lane? I'll be honest. The only people I've seen talking about them, people who remind me of myself in college, like not gangsters, not hard, like nerds, like real skinny, pasty face nerds. I'm sorry. You said pasty like, face. <laughs> like, bro, I ain't seen nobody outside of like Anthony Fantano talking about these cats. So it leads me to believe that like, their primary audience is like corns who want to spice their life up. And that's kind of <laughs> wow. why I don't really rock with them a whole lot. Cause it's like, to me, the, the real drug dealers who I knew never really rapped about dealing drugs. You know, right. everybody, everybody was always a little bit like, nah, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Like if you talk to Vince Staples right now about anything that happened, gang life associated, he going to look at you and say, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's going to start talking about something else. Nipsey used to do that too. He used to say, hey man, I don't, listen, I, niggas got warrants and then he would just stop talking. <laughs> he would just move on. So for guys to be like so heavily into it, I always look at that a little bit suspicious, like side eye, like who is this for? Are you trying to entertain a, entertain a group of people who will never live this life or are you trying to like explain this life? Who are you explaining this to? From a, from a place of complete ignorance, let me ask, isn't that exactly what Rick Ross does? Mm. Yes, Rick Ross. Rick Ross does it, but he's very ostentatious about it. He's very like, no, I'm gonna inflate the 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 story so far that it's just clear, like fantasy. And I feel like when people saw that, some people gravitated to it because they understood they understood the entertainment value of it. It's like watching Scarface. And then there were some people who were mad because they want to feel like they're watching Snow on the Bluff. Like they they don't they want to be a little bit full. Like they want to not know if it's a documentary or not, you know? Got you. Well, Aaron, <laughs> thank you for being a hater. We hey, needed hey, you to hey, be, hey, we hey, need, hey. we needed you to throw fire on fab and, and, and burn this nostalgia out of our brains. Oh, wait, speaking really of nostalgia. We... <laughs> yo, uh, Aaron, Aaron, do you watch Watchmen? I, Actually, have not watched Watchmen. Uh, uh, I've been on press trips for like the last three weeks, so I haven't been able to do much of anything. Well, well Aaron, would TV you like related. to plug anything before you transition? Hey, man, uh, just make sure you look out for uh, the Uproxx year end list 2019. We have a lot of uh, really cool list coming out. Best song, best album, best hip hop albums, best pop albums. Uh, watch People's Party with Talib Kweli on Uproxx Video on YouTube or subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, Talib Kweli is a very insightful, uh, very intelligent host. And we have some of the best guests. We had Don Cheadle. We've had Bun B. We've had Lil' Kim. Like I said, we're going to have game. We're going to have a lot of big names on that. Um, so check that out. Support for Black Opinions Matter comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Rob, you won't believe this, man, but, like, back when I was first... 
you know, this is first going through puberty, first starting to grow things in that region. Um, Believe it or not, I used to use actual scissors, scissors, like the sharp kind that seamstresses use because my mom had like a crazy sewing skit. So I used to use those really sharp scissors. Um, And even though I was being very careful, I came, man, closer than you would even think to catastrophic results, Rob. And so that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts, bruh, which is huge because who wants bloody balls? Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do your balls. That's just disgusting. Manscaped is also the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant that I happen to use today, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put deodorants on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BOM at manscaped.com at checkout. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code BOMBOMB at manscaped.com at checkout. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BOMBOMB at checkout. All right. Thank you to Aaron Smarter for joining us. And right now we got our next guest, Chris Walt. He's going to talk to us. He's going to make sense of Watchmen for us. If you haven't watched the last episode of Watchmen, uh, you may want to hit pause right now because we're going to enter serious spoiler alert. A uh, lot of stuff happened, guys. We got even more clarity on what the hell is going on, uh, including we figured out who Dr. Manhattan is. It's Cal. It's it's Angela's husband. This whole time, he's been Dr. Manhattan with amnesia, apparently. Uh, Walt, you are a Watchmen enthusiast. You watched the movie, you read the comic, you got all the conspiracy theories. Help us make sense of what we saw in the last episode. So basically, with the last episode, um, it kind of popped off um, when she wake up from like all the flashbacks after she took like nostalgia pills or whatever. And um, it kind of went back to her childhood, as you can see. And if y'all notice, like a lot of it took place in like Vietnam and in the actual movie, that's like the basis of the movie where they kind of use like the vigilantes to fight wars and stuff. And they end up fighting in Vietnam. So, uh, they use like Dr. Manhattan, like a cheat code. He went over, he wrecked shit. They won the war. But at the same time, it was like other vigilantes, like raping pillars in the villages and whatnot. Um, getting women pregnant, which is like, as far as my ultimate theory, what like the whole show is about, I think for the movie, it's like one scene that the entire show and Dr. True and what everything is like centered around. So as far as Dr. Manhattan go, um, in the movie, he like, he's like a regular dude, like you about to see in the next episode. He go to a bar, he like walk around and shit like a regular person. So um, when he goes to this bar, he goes with this other vigilante name, the comedian, right? So, uh, yeah, I know Jeffrey Dean Morgan. No. Who's that? Well, but he, uh, he's on The Walking Dead or whatever. But oh, he's an actor. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was a character. He, probably, he plays Negan on The Walking Dead. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I think I remember. Oh Negan, that's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he um, there's this Vietnamese chick that he gets pregnant in the movie after the war ends. She confront him about like you know I'm pregnant with your child. The war over. Time to take care of your child or whatever. And, um, you know, he kind of get out of pocket about everything. He ended up killing the woman. And Dr. Manhattan is, like, right with him. So Dr. Manhattan was like, you just killed a woman or whatever. Mind you, she's pregnant. So um, he was like, yeah, I killed her and you let me do it. Because, you know, Dr. Manhattan's supposed to be like, oh, no, he's like the equivalent of God or whatever. So my theory is I think the baby that the lady was pregnant with that he killed is actually Dr. True, and she's cloning her mom to kind of, you know, bring her back alive or whatever. And I think that, um, I think she's, even though she's like, I'm here to save Tulsa or whatever, I'm on the good side, I think she want to kill Dr. Manhattan for allowing her mama to get killed. I know it It don't make so, sense unless you see the movie and so then wait, you see the show. Oh, man, this is so confusing. I um, know, right? <laughs> This like I tell you like okay so some of the mind blowing moments for me but like, to add to this confusion one was the part where um the police chief's wife was like she knew all along that threw me off then uh, Lady True's daughter actually being a clone of her mother that she's putting nostalgia into slowly so that by the time she reaches the right age, she'll be her mother, basically. But her mother will be alive to see her her accomplishments. Um, what else was kind of... what? Why an elephant? Why is the elephant in the room? So Not, I, can, I can add on that one. Right. So... Uh, there's an old Americanism known as seeing the elephant. It's a euphemism for gaining knowledge or uh, experiencing something at great or significant cost. Early Americans had never seen an ele uh, elephant before, so taking a trip and paying to see one wasn't cheap. But they got to see something very few people in America had seen before. It was also used in military as a way of expressing seeing combat. You get to see a far-off land, but quite often at the expense of life or a limb. It was a popular expression of the mid to 19th century throughout the United States in the Mexican-American War. Um, Angela took nostalgia and experienced memories and gained knowledge that damaged her psyche significantly and at great cost, but would have otherwise gone forgotten. She figuratively saw the elephant by doing so, but then literally saw the elephant. The elephant is a huge part of this show in the Vietnamese culture. Lady True was an actual warrior from the Vietnamese culture who rode an elephant and resisted. It was Viet Vietnamese. Yeah, Viet <laughs> Vietnamese <laughs> culture who rode an elephant and resisted Chinese occupation. Our Lady True in the show uses an elephant as a symbol for her corporation. Basically, in conclusion, yeah, she's a... She's but a why the elephant? Why the elephant? Like, what's the elephant doing in a room? Like, all that elephant, elephants good, never forget. Yeah, so they able to like put all the nostalgia memories. I don't know how or why. Well, like it's, it's a hard like drive. A, it's like a hard drive. It's, it's a storage. Like a hard drive. 
Jesus Christ, man. Right. <laughs> that seems like some brutal shit to do to an yeah. animal. But hold on, <laughs> but hold on <laughs> me. In conclusion, Lady True is about to fuck up the American psyche and make them experience something at great or significant cost to them. I believe she's about to show everyone the elephant. Brilliant fucking writing. I can't believe I love this show. I like it because I'm fucking puzzled and I like shows that make me think. <laughs> like you need, If you want to be puzzled, just buy a puzzle. And do that shit. Here you go, bro. Name a show better than this right now that's on TV. Uh, Godfather of uh, Harlem. Whatever, sh- whatever the shit is. The, uh, Godfather of Harlem. That's better than this right now. Nah, man. The way... <laughs> The cinematography, the cinematography in this shit is just the way how it's shot, the 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 certain shit. Like we still haven't even got to looking glass finding all these motherfuckers dead, I and mean, he's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so many plot twists in this shit that like I'm drawn in and I can't wait to Sunday. I don't know how mean feels, but bro, I'll be waiting and I'm kind of tight that it's only two more episodes left. Mm-hmm. I think looking Listen, glass. I saw that and I said thank you. I think he infiltrating dog, cause one of them dudes was missing a mask when they pulled up on him and they seen him all laid out. So I think he might be on the inside. I have a question. Why did she kill her? Uh, so you said her husband is is uh was actually the the mastermind behind all this stuff, right? That's what y'all were saying. Her whose husband? So, uh, and, yeah, I'm bad with and, me. And, Angela's Angela, yeah. husband Cal is actually. It's just a front. He's actually Dr. Manhattan. He's the big blue guy that everyone said left left Earth and went to Mars. But it turns okay. out he never actually left. He's been living in disguise and apparently with amnesia. He doesn't remember that he's Dr. Manhattan. And so, so why she did hit him she, with a hammer. So does does she kill him or does that hammer her hitting him with the hammer and now he's gonna remember who he is? Or we don't know that yet. I'm I'm assuming he's gonna remember who he is. Okay. Because Kinda the whole like thing, vision situation. Because the whole thing is, she did it because they're gonna, they're trying to kill him. That's their their goal. Their goal is to to capture, kill Doctor Manhattan, and then steal his powers, and then use it as white supremacist. Which I guess <laughs> would go against what what your theory is, which is that Lady True wants to kill him as revenge. Because well, I guess it doesn't matter as long as his powers don't go to the wrong people, right? So I have a take on that as well. With Cal being Dr. Manhattan, the biggest piece of evidence coming from this conversation about life after death at the breakfast table, very calmly, he explains to his daughters that before life, you are nothing and then you live and then you become nothing again. This blatant rejection of God and afterlife to a young girl was something that definitely had the audience tilting their head. And even Angela gave him a sort of what the fuck, if I recall correctly. I can almost imagine a graphic novel panel of Dr. Manhattan having this conversation about death with Lori on Mars. The demeanor we've seen from all season has been unemotional and somewhat distant from the feelings we see Angela going through. She hands him a gun and tells him to shoot anyone who steps on their property, and he just sort of sort of abides. While she's in a coma, he reads the script with little to no emotion. Even in the sex, even the sex in the closet, we know. Dr. Manhattan loves his coochie time. <laughs> Man. So when y'all saw her kill or hit hit him in the head, were y'all like, 
oh shit, or was it just like, I was okay, no. okay, so that was no. Just, That's why we were enjoying it, dog. I was just like, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, and by the way, uh, apparently Doctor Manhattan and Laurie, because he used to date. There's mad hints earlier in the show where Laurie says things about. Angela's husband, like he's cute or da da da, without having never met him. Is that supposed to mean that she knew that he was Doctor Manhattan, or was that just kind of a weird chemistry thing? A little nah, yeah, like a, you know, it's it's a bunch of little things they stick in there about um her kind of being attracted to him because I thought it was kind of corny, but um you know the little Diodo piece or whatever. She actually got a name for that shit. It's Excalibur. And, of course, his name is Cal Abar. So the writers oh, um, shit. put that in there or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense or whatever. Cal Abar and really? Excalibur. Naming your dildo Excalibur is hilarious. <laughs> uh, the other... Um the other thing that also apparently throughout Watchmen is that this whole parallel with Superman. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Manhattan is kind of the Superman and Superman's original name was um, Cal Penn. Not Cal Penn. What was it? Cal Cal, what, Cal what? L. Cal L. There you go. Cal L. No, no. His, like his, his crypto, his crypto oh. name, not his white people name. <laughs> shout out to white people shout outs to white people it's hilarious dog well thanks Walt thanks Walt for uh, coming on to talk uh, Watchmen with us you know what I mean hope to have you on again so that we can you know possibly maybe the season finale we can get to the bottom of this and maybe the rest of the panel can watch the movie so we can make sense of your theories as well right, that would be I dope that would be dope that would be dope after the fact to go back and watch the movie now yeah, please, man. If y'all, if you watch the movie, like they're doing a good job of these next, these last few episodes has been like kind of like okay, I remember that. I remember, it'll help you put everything together. Mm-hmm. Really. That's dope. Thanks, Walt. I gotta no watch problem. the movie. Appreciate too. y'all. Uh. You don't have to watch it, Jerv. We're just Thanks, saying, Walt. like after yeah. this shit's over, it might help make some sense. A movie that we did watch, and God, man, I wish I had three. Uh, at least an hour back out of them three and a half hours. The Irishman, Martin Scorsese's new movie that came out on Netflix over Thanksgiving holiday, starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, uh, and a, a million cameos in there. I mean, I lost count at one part, man. They had, when they had Sookie from True Blood, I was like, okay, I, I took him from True Blood to Action Bronze and made me give up on trying to keep track of everybody who was in this movie. Um, it's about, it's really about uh, this dude who's, uh, you know, was a hitman in the mob uh, named uh, Frank Sheeran. But really, it's about the disappearance of, of Jimmy Hoffa. And so this movie featured, I thought, a lot of excess baggage, extra fat that we just didn't need when they're trying to hammer home points at 17 examples as opposed to just getting on with that. It was, it's not a bad movie, but it's really one of those times where if you're a Hollywood exec, whether you work for uh, Netflix or Amazon or you actually work for like one of the legacy 
studios. This is when the when you point to a movie and say, "This is why we have editors. This is why we make y'all cut shit down," because you might think, "Oh, great artist, that everything you made was amazing," but turns out there's a lot of fucking filler in this movie. What did y'all think? Well, I'm gonna start with. Um, I didn't like his old ass being an enforcer at that age. Like, he had a lot of stamina, man. They gave him a lot of stamina for him to just be just running up on cats and just beating ass and grab your knees for once, man. Like, you know what I mean? When you watch Casino or you watch Goodfellas and they was fucking people up in an old age, they would have to, like, take a breath. Like, Joe Pesci really oversold that part. And this shit... Nah, man, this nigga was Max Payne, bro. <laughs> he was he was dumping some shit out. Like, he just come through, all right, and kind of, you know, explaining. And he had to easily be like 52, maybe, in the prime of his career. Just just chipping shit. Just like, okay, what you want me to do? All right, cool. Um, what did you, think, let me, on that point, let me ask you, what did you think about the CGI? Because I thought that shit was really distracting. It was like, definitely, it was definitely distracting. Because, because the thing was, they made their faces look young, but he still moved like an old man. Yeah, he still was kind of like stiff and walking. Like there was just something about the way he moved and the way his body looked. I'm like, yo, this is an old ass man. I know y'all trying to make him look like he's thirty, but he's clearly not thirty. And then, yeah, poor Joe Pesci, they made him look younger. He still looked old. I'm like, this nigga been old the whole time. Yeah, he looked nuts. So I honestly say that. If you can start from the 49-minute mark and watch the rest of the movie, if you can skip the first 49 minutes, it's a good movie. I'll, I'll, I'll vouch for that. But early on, I couldn't. I, it it almost, almost tapped out a few times. Towards the end, I was really enjoying it just because just how, you know, the storyline and everything. And obviously, we know that this is fiction and, you know, it try to, you know, tell another side and, you know, here and there. And it was kind of flashing a little, little, you know what I mean? Like notes, like, okay, this person dies in this actual real time. This person died, you know what I mean? Like in, and things of that nature. I think the scene was one of those, oh shits. And you guys know what the scene is, right? I mean, I mean, this is a spoiler zone, so you should say what the scene is. So the scene when he pretty much joins Jimmy in the car and they go to the residence in Detroit and he gets him to turn away pretty much to look out the door and then he pops him. Right. I didn't see that coming. And that really? was one of those, I didn't see that coming because it was one of those. I didn't see it coming. Like the whole thing was they were going to kill him. They kept talking about they're going to kill him on this Well, trip. I knew they were going to do it, but I didn't think that he would actually that do Frank it. Frank would be the one who had to do yeah. it. Yeah. But that's, that's why. It's always the ones closest to you to do it, though. But that's why that's why Pesci told him. That's why uh, uh, Buffalino told him, you, you got to be involved in this. That's why he said, you're going to Detroit. You're going to drive the three hours. You're going to get on a plane. You're going to fly to Detroit. You're going to do this. And then you're going to fly back and meet up with us. Because... That was the most plausible situation. Like, like, like Jeff said, it's always the ones closest because that's the one that you trust. You think ain't nothing can go wrong. I thought it was messed up that they made his son do the be the driver. Like, how did he not know? Yeah, but he was like a you know they had him playing the role of like an imbecile though. Yeah, he was outside an idiot, of but still. outside of him, like stopping the you know 
the dude who, who tried to shoot him in court. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he I thought was that real, was so funny. He was really kind of a doofus, you know what I mean? Like, even in the car, he's like, yeah, I picked up a fish. And I'm just like, bro, like, was he having sex back there? Like, what was going on? You know what I mean? And like, and I was thinking, honestly, like, for a while, I thought, you know, maybe it went over my head or I was texting during the movie or whatever. I thought that, you know what I mean, uh, Dadero's character was going, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just threw me off. I thought they were going to murder the dude in the front seat. And, you know what I mean? And just kind of, like, get away and kind of, like, try to do some shit and go against. But, like, I don't know. I just got thrown off that way. And then, you know, the ending was kind of like, I actually wanted to see him die. Um, But it was really nothing left because he was the only one left. So, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I, I didn't have too much to say about it. I really enjoyed it, though. I mean, I liked it. I'm just saying, like, the thing. So, first of all, the whole thing with the fish, while a funny scene, I thought there was a reason. I thought the son was lying because there was something else. Like, he had a gun or, like, something something happened. And, like, and, and dude kept at When he asked him what kind of fish was it, I thought, oh, see, they got you. They caught you in the lie, bro. There was no fish because who gets a fish and doesn't know what it is? Yeah. But it turns out he's just a doofus. He really didn't know what kind of fish yeah. it was. So, I'm like, well, why do we have this scene? It yeah, was it, was, a, for, it was a waste. For, for a it was a filler in, problem. That's what I'm saying. It's like for a movie that's like two hours long, that scene is great. It lightens the mood, whatever. For a movie that's three and a half hours long, man, you can't have that scene yeah. because it does. It, it has me wondering its significance and then realizing later it had no significance at all. And there were a lot of scenes like that. Um, I, I did enjoy the scene where they're in Miami where um, Tony Pro comes in and he's late and they have a whole argument about how, what is late? 15 minutes late. Is that late? No, but you got to factor in traffic. I am factoring in traffic when I give you 10 minutes. How about we say 12 and a half? I laughed at that scene. I laughed when Tony Pro said, ah, how about this weather? How huh? they're freezing their asses in New York. We're living in this weather down here in Miami. And uh, Jimmy Hoffa says, it's, it's summertime. Summer. Yeah. It's summertime. No one's freezing in New York. And Tony Pro said something that I felt deep in my soul. He said, in my mind, it's always eight degrees in New York. And motherfucker, that's how I feel right now. In my mind, it's always eight degrees in New York or Chicago or Boston, all them cold-ass places. Because it was 63 degrees today here in Arizona, and I felt like I needed a heavier coat. So holla at me. Derb, was it snowing in Philly today? Uh, No, it was fucking cold as shit, though. Oh. And what's cold as shit? Like 20? Nah, I was like 30-something today. Mental illness. I can't do it. Sorry. But I, I love the fact that, that I'm the only one that really, really liked this this movie. I really, really enjoyed no, it. No, we, we agreed that we liked it. We just were shitting on certain parts oh, that man. weren't needed. Jerb, it was just too long. It was, it was too long for no reason. Like, Malcolm X was a three-hour movie. At least I never, I never felt like it dragged. Uh, Gangs in New York was like a three-hour movie. I never felt like it dragged. This is sometimes Casino. a long movie. Casino was a three-hour movie. It never felt like it dragged. This movie dragged, man. It dragged and it dragged. And and like uh, Trey said, the whole how he came up, how Frank uh, Sheeran came up in the mob in the 50s or whatever, given the terrible CGI, we didn't need that stuff, man. We could have just got a quick backdrop or like or, or, or a narration with actual young actors acting. As opposed to having these old ass dudes try to play young versions of themselves with limited technology, apparently, I just thought it was a it was 
it was a waste. It was a waste of time and a waste of resources, and it really didn't add to the story. That Listen, was take, my only, take my that advice, was my bro, news. and watch that shit at fifty-eight minute mark. Skip see, skip see, skip the episode one because you know I broke it down in in in, in a couple parts. But once you get to that fifty-eight mark, then well, I want I want to hear I want to hear Jer- 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 what, Yeah, what do you? So that was my only the only take that I had that I did not like about it was the fact that you know in the beginning they're using those guys they probably could have used. They should have used younger actors or something like that to uh, to portray them. But I thought that I love the fact that they gave us everything. I don't mind the three and a half hour move aspect of it. I thought that there were some fillers. But, I, you know, with a three and a half hour movie or whatever, there's definitely going to be some fillers, I think, for the most part. <laughs> Unless you have just a, a masterpiece. I don't think it was a masterpiece, but for a person who was a huge casino fan, not saying y'all weren't, you know, I, I appreciated the fact that certain things made me feel like I was watching casino or, 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 you know, movies of that era. But the, the whole JFK aspect, I was just having a, a conversation with, with somebody about, you know, uh, different things that have happened and, you know, different assassinations and shit like that. And it wasn't Jade. No, but I, you know, I was having a conversation and, you know, I love the fact that they, they told us the things that, uh, we, we've all heard the rumors and shit like that, you know, about a little bit more detail, a little bit more detail. Like them actually saying, yo, we're the one, this, this is the mob. This is the mob that took out JFK. This is what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. And oh, by the way, all you fucks to think he's underneath the, uh, the Meadowlands. He actually wasn't buried beneath underneath the Meadowlands. We burnt his ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I yeah. thought that was dope. Like they they answered questions that we needed to uh not that we well, needed, but that, that we that we were curious about or you know, that we joke about. Yeah, I, like that was always wondered, like when I say, Oh, the mob killed JFK. That's a conspiracy theory out there. I think Jay doesn't agree with this one because he when we put it in the C T D chat or whatever, he was very like, oh, it's such a terrible movie. There's so many facts are wrong. I said, Jade, it's a movie, man. It's not a documentary. Relax. Um, and I believe oh, that's I one that of... shit was real. I, like, mean, I, it, it, I mean, it, has, it, it features it's real movie. people, but it's not he's like... Real, he's, like, he's going to make the story the way he wants to make the story, right? Like, yeah. not all these people... Like, not everything happened the way it happened. It, yeah, it was like... It's like it's like doing a biography of um, a man's life, Right. Dude, it's but like you, it's like straight out of Compton. Like yeah. you watch that, and Doctor Dre giving his and his perspective. Yeah, like we we watched that movie. We knew that okay, that like he definitely didn't say bye, Felicia, to some chick in the hallway. And they admitted, yeah, we made that up because we thought it'd be funny. He's working on the Friday script, and then they kicked the like all like. There's stuff in movies where people make it up just because it makes for a better story. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to sell a story. I'm not trying to, not the news. I'm entertainment. So from that standpoint, but I wanted to know, it is interesting to know that the mob conspiracy theory is that they killed JFK because he was supposed to get Cuba turned over and then he didn't. And then his brother went after all these, instead he appoints his brother who goes after all these mob people and they were all pissed about it. So at least that makes sense. I don't, I don't know if the mob actually were behind the JFK hit, but at least that makes sense as a conspiracy theory. Um, But the, the other, the other thing, about this movie I just thought about was the end. The, after the 
FBI people come and let them know, look, they're all dead. Everyone's dead. What are you holding on to? Why don't you just tell the truth? And the dude said, I don't know what you're talking about. Movie should have ended there. We had an extra 10 minutes after that. They were meaningless. I didn't need to see that get, shit with the I'll nurse and that. all that. Even though the nurse had a fat ass. But, uh, but that's old girl, for, that's <laughs> old girl from Orange is a New Black. Is it? Yeah. Yes, it was. I might have to watch yes, that Yes, it show. was. Um, but yeah, I'm like, dude, like this is meaningless. This, this is meaningless. Meaning, like we didn't, it didn't add, it didn't make the ending better, it didn't do anything. It was just, it was just like if a movie ended, but we still got to see what happens to the characters for the next ten minutes afterwards. Like, I don't care unless he gonna do something special, but he didn't. And so I was just upset. I felt like, especially after Scorsese shit on Marvel movies, calling them that's not cinema or whatever. Like, what did you, you think you, what you did with cinema? Because you're long-winded? Because you include long-ass bits about fish being in a car? Like, that's cinema to you? Get the fuck out of here, man. Stop preaching to people if this is what you're going to give us. But I did enjoy the conversation I, I, about, uh, like, <laughs> it's eight degrees in my mind in New York. That and also when they're when they're in prison. When he, when him, Tony Pro, and uh, Hoffa. You people? Prison. Yeah, what you mean, you people? And he wanted the apology. Like years later, he's like, uh, I'll, "I'll give you what you need if you if you give me what I need." What's that? An apology? Apology for what? Use an ethnic slur when we were in, in the Bing together. It's like, what ethnic slur? He said, "You people." That I thought that was funny as well. But uh, like, I just thought there was long stretches of this movie where just like, did we really need an in depth explanation about how he got good with the razor? Where he's stealing the meat and the meat and he's not sealing it and then he gets taken to court and then the lawyer gets him like I'm like I mean I feel like I feel like all this could be wrapped up a lot quicker. We didn't need play by play for that stuff. Yeah. I will say it was just a bunch of fooey. Was there any black people in this movie? Yeah. I just yeah. Love remember the, the remember remember my man remember my man fired the gun off into the, into the crowd. Yeah. My man, uh, my man, oh, crazy, yep. crazy Joe said crazy Joe went to jail and then he started hanging out with black people. And so when he came out, all he had were like black hitmen and stuff like that. And that's why the dude, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, by the way, plays, uh, crazy Joe. Um, Sebastian Maniscalco, a very famous stand-up comedian, uh, who I saw a long time ago, like in a small room or whatever. And I thought this was pretty funny. And now apparently he's like top five grossing comedians in the world. To the point where he just changed his name to Sebastian. He don't even keep his last name no more. Um, my man, uh, what's uh, what's my man that played Don Rickles? Jim Jim Norton. Jim Norton is the comedian who plays Don Rickles uh, on stage. Uh, who, I'm trying to think of who are the other cameos in this movie. Ray Romano plays uh, Joe Pesci's brother and also the lawyer for uh, the union who basically helps Frank get off his first uh, charge. Uh, Action Bronson, again, the scene with Action Bronson in the in the like the place where they sell caskets and stuff. What was that? Like a favor? Does his daughter like a big fan of Action Bronson? Or his granddaughter a big fan of Action Bronson? That's why he's in it? I didn't understand. Like what was that scene about? Bronson raps a lot about Scorsese. Maybe but, Scorsese's a fan. But either way, it's like, yo, do your favors on your own time. Don't waste my time fulfilling your favors. Or find a, find a more natural uh, like character for him to play. Tell him to shave his fucking beard and he can be like 
one of the mob hit guys or whatever. Or, he was or off guy, that. Five, he was off yeah, that. Yeah, I just like it. Just seemed gratuitous because the scene didn't mean anything. It was a meaningless scene, and there was just so many of these meaningless scenes. I'm like, why? So you could just squeeze in so and so. What did y'all think about the idea that his daughter basically didn't like excommunicated him? Well, I mean, I think she knew. She had peeped, you know what I mean, from the time that her and uh, Jimmy were dancing together to, you know, and she probably seen that look on her dad before, like, yeah, he about to kill somebody. And it just happens to be Jimmy, someone who had been in her life all her life, you know what I mean, and uh, held that special place in her heart. And, you know what I mean, obviously she didn't rat on her dad, but she just was like, I'd rather just not talk to him ever again just because... I can't believe he would go that low to kill his friend. Ain't no friends in this business. Ain't that what say? Ain't no friends in this shit business. And Jimmy was a piece of shit too, by the way. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He, he was wasn't a clean. piece of shit. Hey, he was probably the most stubborn nigga ever, bro. <laughs> he was hey, just, so, just chill out. <laughs> so, like his, his yeah. Like he could have, he could have saved his life plenty of times, bro. He was just like, nope. All about that damn union. By the way, same thing. The watermelon scene. It just, oh, I didn't yeah. need, I didn't need it. Well, I appreciated that because that gave me a new fucking idea for some cookouts. So I appreciated that. Oh, wow. I'm not gonna hold you. You've like, never I'm had, you've somebody. never done that. You know, nope, and I will do that. This that will be if I come to your cookout this summer and I got a watermelon with you. You better believe it's got Jack Daniels in it. Oh, no, no, no. You're supposed to put vodka. Vodka, I don't man. fuck with vodka. Y'all can fuck what? with vodka. I'm putting Jack Daniels in it. I don't like it's vodka. It's disgusting. Jack Daniels... That with, shit is going to be fucked. You can't put a liquor that has like a taste into... It's got to be like a more tasteless thing like vodka or maybe tequila or something like that. Maybe rum. Well, first of all, I mean, I don't appreciate you judging me right now <laughs> on what I want to do. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, bro, that, that shit took me... That shit took me back to uh, took me back to the time I used to hang out at the with the uh, swim team, bro. And the first time I got lit off some um, some watermelon, bro. They put like a not the syringe into the watermelon to put the vodka in, but what they would do is chop the cubes up and just pour it the whole. And it was some cheap ass vodka, and I'm my dumb ass gonna grab the watermelon and eat it, bro. You know, you know, cheap ass vodka, bro. That get you a headache immediately. Man, I was so pissed. But like seeing them house that took me back. Like the fact that they was eating that shit was like. But Jerv, you nasty for Jack Daniels though, bro. I wouldn't do that. You're nasty ass. Uh, adding uh, Jack Daniels to watermelon. But I will say, gross. it is very gross. And please don't ever do that, bomb listeners. But it is time to wrap it up. Time to head home. And next week we'll be back with the even more exciting episode and no we have some really special episodes coming up here over the next few weeks and this has been black opinions matter musically because we started with a lot of music today